All right. What's up, guys? It's Ross with your hashtag Sweat and Soul podcast. Today we have Julie Merker on the line with us. Julie's willing to be our guinea pig for this first episode. Hopefully I don't screw it up too much and make Julie feel like an idiot for spending her time with me. Julie, let's hear like a quick story, you know, your story, where you're from. How'd you get to the Cleveland Salon area? Start there. Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, I came to Cleveland for college. Um, so I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania and moved to the Cleveland area to go to John Carroll. Um, so I was there for four years and then I moved to Chicago for a year to do some post-baccalaureate volunteer work. Um, as an AmeriCorps volunteer, and then I moved back to Cleveland because you don't make any money as a volunteer. <laughs> so I've been here since two, basically since 1998, pretty much. And I moved to Solon in just about almost 10 years ago. Here. So describe that AmeriCorps experience. Was uh, What got you involved with that? So I really wanted to do a year of volunteer work because I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I was trying to figure that out. I have a bachelor's degree in sociology. So I was really interested in, you know, studying people and and things like that. I was originally thinking about going into the Peace Corps, but there's a lot of logistics and waiting and then a two-year commitment to do Peace Corps. So I wasn't quite patient enough. So I found a program in Chicago called Amate House, and it's an AmeriCorps program run through the Diocese of Chicago. I spent a year there living with 14 other people in community, and um, I volunteered at an organization called the Kovler Center, and it it is an organization that helps people who have fled their country and are seeking political asylum in the U.S., um, for the for basically because they've survived torture at the hands of their government. So it's people who have been either threatened, family has been threatened or killed or disappeared in their country, and they've fled for the freedom and safety of the U.S. Wow. So I was there to help them through their asylum process. So I'm sure you heard some interesting stories with that. And has, has that affected how you look at things in your own life? Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, it made me realize that Americans are can be very entitled. <laughs> so it was quite the adjustment to come back and work with, you know, just regular everyday people after I've been working with some of the most amazing human beings I've ever seen in my life. Um, just helping them research their stories and developing the all the evidence that they need for court. So I did a lot of research, a lot of reading to put all of their testimonies together with them. It was incredibly powerful to be the person that is transcribing what's being translated to me from French or Spanish or whatever other language they were speaking so that I could put it in the court uh, documents. It was, it was very powerful. Yeah, I'm sure. Is there, is there one story that really stands out in your mind that you want to share? Um. One of our, uh, we don't call them clients, we actually call them friends. One of our friends um, whose case I was actually able to go through most of his entire case with him, which was awesome. 
uh, because usually the process is so long that you don't you don't actually get to see it through to fruition. Um, so he was from Togo, uh, which is in West Africa, um, and most of his family, his immediate family, had already been killed by the military, um, and he fled to Chicago through, basically, they find Chicago through word of mouth. Wow. Um, and the Kobler Center in particular, which I found to be quite fascinating because who defunct it? Um, so I was able to meet him and we would talk about food and he would try to teach me French and I was really terrible and he would laugh. <laughs> I helped him research his case and was able to find uh, newspaper articles that were written about him and his family as proof to our government that these things actually are happening. And I was able to transcribe his testimony for court and accompany him to court. And I was there when the judge uh, made the ruling that he won asylum. And it was uh, totally amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm sure that had to be really so. rewarding for you. Yeah. For yeah, him, for him awesome. too. Yeah. Cool. So you said your bachelor was in sociology, so I stalked you a little bit, yeah. and on your Facebook profile it says you studied urban policy analysis. So yeah. is that, what? how does that relate to, is that like a specialized, you know what I'm asking? Yeah, okay. so my master's degree is in urban studies and uh, gotcha. public policy. Okay. Um, so basically there, I really just learned how to kind of critique legislation, the policy, protocols, things like that, and identify what's good, what's bad, learned how to advocate and lobby um, to make the world a better place, uh, a fairer place, a more equitable place uh, for all world citizens. Um, it's kind of a broad, it's a pretty broad um, degree, yeah. honestly. Okay. Um, so I'm not actually using it in a civic sense, per mm -hmm. se, because I, I don't work for the government. I don't, um, I'm not a lobbyist, per se, or an advocate, per se. Um, but I work in nonprofits, so I've used all of those skills in developing policies and procedures within our organizations and things like that. So it just kind of helps you be a system thinker. So you can understand making a change on one end of the spectrum will have a work for the rest of the system. Right. Okay. So clearly all this relates to why you've been involved with uh, political things for human rights, right? So let's talk about your protest <laughs> history here. You got busted. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, yeah. I got arrested a couple times. Um, <laughs> I think the first year was 1998. Okay. I don't remember. That was like right that. before you moved um, to Cleveland then? Yeah. Okay. okay. So, um, yeah, I was protesting uh, what at the time was called the School of the Americas, which is on the base of Fort Benning, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And um, there's in this huge base of Fort Benning, there's this one small school called the School of the Americas. And what they do there is our tax dollars pay for our government to teach military personnel from Central and South America counterinsurgency tactics. Mm -hmm. So 
they are notoriously involved in a large variety of human rights abuses. So these military personnel come to the U.S., they get trained by us, they go back to their country, and they've been um, implicated in a variety of disappearances, murders, and different coups. So they've some of the graduates from the school have overthrown the democratically elected government in their home country, basically persecuted and oppressed their people because of what we've taught them. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then the second time? Same thing. Same thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. So since you've been involved yes. with protests already and, and, you know, considering our environment right now with the, the George, murder of George Floyd, um, what would you advise people like how to handle this with all the protesters that are out there? What can they do? You know, is there options that you know of besides protesting that they could take? Um, how to keep a, keep a peaceful protest? You know, what's your stance yeah. on all that? Yeah. Um, I am all for peaceful protest. I think in many ways it's, it's the one thing that will and can and has changed policies and, um, in our country and around the world. So I think they're really powerful um, media in order to get change made. It's really sad to see when they become violent and more riotous because people, the message can tend to get drowned out because of that, because they'll um, So that is sad to me. There are a variety of different de-escalation um, techniques that should be learned on both sides. Uh, I think peaceful protests are amazing to be a part of, and I think they're really inspiring for other people to watch. But like the, the second time that I was arrested at the School of the Americas, you know, I was it was I was in a sit-in. I was, it was we actually were in a, what they called a die-in. So we represented kind of what you have seen in different cities where people were laying on the on the ground for eight minutes and forty-six seconds. We were laying in the streets um, of Fort Benning. And the police literally came and picked us up and we just remained limp and got dragged on the buses. But, you know, that was 20 years ago. Um, and to my knowledge, all the, all the protests that I participated in have been very peaceful. That's not to say, especially as the years went on, that they did not do the that the military didn't do the helicopters flying really low. That doesn't mean that I can't remember what it's called right now. Mm-hmm. With the guys, you know, with their big machine guns lit, sitting on the skids of the helicopters, right. yeah. you know, being intimidating. Right. Which is right. Scare tactic. Um, yeah. But yeah, my worry, my worry about today is that I wonder if our kind of American need for instant gratification if that gets in the way of the power of a peaceful protest. So if things aren't changing fast enough, I that I think helps for the less than peaceful. Yeah. Um, anger anger, anger takes is, over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. So tell me about, a little bit about mom's command action. What is it? How'd you get involved with it? Okay. Uh, mom's demand action. The full name is mom's demand action for gun sense in America. 
It is a grassroots group that started shortly after the Sandy Hook massacre in Newtown in 2012. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it started by a mom who heard about this awful school shooting and she said, I have to do something. And she started a Facebook group and that Facebook group grew to the, um, the really well-organized and well-oiled machine that it is today um, that has gone across the country. I believe that there's a chapter in almost every state, if not every state. We literally have millions of uh, supporters or members. Um, And basically what it is is a bipartisan, or I don't even think it's bipartisan, it's nonpartisan. It's just a group of people who want common sense gun laws in this country. So the things that we've worked on most recently um, include, you know, fighting against or advocating against standard ground laws, advocating for universal background checks, things like that on the kind of public policy and legislative side. Um, But then we also, they also have a variety of different programs that can be used everywhere from college campuses and then workplaces all the way down to preschools, uh, daycares, PTAs, et cetera. One, one of those programs in particular is called Be Smart, and it basically is just like, okay, if you're going to have a gun, fine, have a gun, but be smart about it. Yeah. Make sure that it's locked up. Make sure that you know, your kid can't find it because they think it's a toy and things like that. So it is not a gun control group. We don't advocate for gun control. We just advocate for common sense uh, legislation. So So if people want to get involved in that, uh, it's the best way to just go to the website and... Yeah, you can go to momsdemandaction.org. And maybe if you have like a comment section, I can find, you can text um, the word ready to a number, but I don't have the number off the top of my head now. Okay. Because I got nervous. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Sorry. I, was, I didn't prepare you for that. Sorry. All right. Yeah. Um, we, we, maybe we can add it in uh, later. All right. Okay. Cool. So you said you've been in Solon for about 10 years. Um, yeah. I, let's see. I, I moved to, uh, I think, Twinsburg like, area like six years ago or so. So for me, I feel like there's really not a whole lot to do around here. <laughs> you have to like, <laughs> go to, unless it's outside, you have to go to Cleveland for anything. Um, and, you know, yeah. a lot of people that are probably listening to this are on the um, Solon Soundboard or on, on Facebook or on uh, Alka Twinsburg or whatever. There's lots of talk, especially in regard to Solon, about um, building and trying to bring younger people in. What are your thoughts on how the, do you think the city needs improvement with that in regard to affordable housing or things to do in general? Or are you have no no opinion on that i don't really know much about the housing market Mm -hmm. i will say the most i know about the housing market is like in my neighborhood a house goes up and it goes down pretty quick Mm -hmm. um as far as for sale um so i don't really have an intelligent argument for for anything about housing um that's fine (laughs) um and i'm uh, I will say that I'm kind of lame, so we don't 
too much going out. Yeah. <laughs> Part of that is because there's not a whole lot to do in Poland. Yeah. But I really like to um, either host or just hang out in the neighborhood. <laughs> um, partly because our kids are just always busy doing stuff too. So, yeah. And they're involved in Poland sports now and different activities through the school. So that's been really awesome. I think as far as like going out with restaurants, I would love to see some more local places um, opening and being supported. I know for a long time, so we moved here from the Heights area and for a while we'd want to go out to eat and we'd just like, oh, I guess we're going to Lee Road. Yeah, right. Yeah, speaking of stuff to do, was Sorry. that what was it? Rose, Rose Italian. What was that new? Well, it's gone now yeah. already. They, they weren't yeah, there very long. I feel like that's been like six I restaurants know. since I've been here. Like, what? What is? What's up with that? I don't know what's going on with that um, that location because it has really pretty easy parking. So that isn't that's that's always a turnoff for me. If if I can't park easily, then yeah, I don't want to go there. Um, but yeah, it's gone through a bunch of different um, yeah, um, so. iterations, I guess. And by one of the, the same owner has owned it in the last two or three restaurants that it's been. Oh wow! So I'm I didn't not know sure what's happening. Huh. Yeah. All right. So management so, side, it seems. Yeah. So it's yeah. a great location, but yeah. Okay. So yeah. let's uh, let's go the COVID route. You know, being at home, how's that affected? You guys, uh, especially having the kids, what are you doing with the kids to keep them busy? And yeah. you know, how do you um, feel? I mean, it, for me, it's like I feel like there's some positives that came out of this. You know, uh, one in regards to the gym, it really forced me to start making. Uh, if you, you guys, whoever's listening, if you guys don't know, um, so I own Iron Oak Fitness in Glen Willow, and we've been putting out some free full-length videos on YouTube, so you can check that out. Um, but getting back to what I was going to say, that's something I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, it's pretty time consuming, a whole new learning process, but it gave me the time to do that, finally, which was a positive. Um, but also, like, spending time with, you know, people that I care about a lot more. Um, and uh, so, so for me, that was definitely a positive. Obviously, there's plenty of negatives that go along with this, and that's going to continue for some time. So how, how has it affected you guys? You know, we are really, really lucky. Um, both my husband and I are both able to work from home. My hours have been cut, but I still have a job. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, because a lot of people can't say the same thing. Um, so the last nine weeks of school were interesting, but at least my kids were busy doing schoolwork and learning how to use Google Classroom and whatnot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Summertime is proving to have a few additional logistical yeah. uh, hurdles. Right. Um, just trying to keep them busy and, and not feel like I'm ignoring them for 10 hours a day. Um, so, but, um, so my kids are, both of them right now are in uh, camp at the Bowen uh, Art Center, which has been really great because they're doing something that I wouldn't have normally been able to let them do because they're half day camp. So I'm home and I can take them to those things and they can get some more art and theater experience that they've been wanting. Although they're sad that they're not at the, their regular full and rec camp 
that was canceled because of COVID. Um, so my kids are handling it actually really, really well. Um, my soon to be seventh grader missed some big sixth grade events, which really stinks. And she took it like a champ. She was, you know, really grown up about it, really able to see that, you know, other kids are missing out on stuff too. And what about seniors in high school that couldn't play their last season of softball and, you know, those kinds of things. She had a really good, incredibly healthy perspective, I have to say. So I think we've all been kind of learning a bit and having time together has been really nice mm-hmm. without having to run to 10,000 different places yeah. every weekend. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely tough with the kids. I know Gavin, he misses uh, the Twinsburg summer camp a lot too, but... Yeah, so he's at the edge right now. I don't know if I told you that, but... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and so I guess they're doing a pretty good job over there. But um, anyhow, so uh, let's uh, let's bring it into the fitness realm a little bit. Um, how... Tell me your story, how you came to be. Um, how, how, I think, did you come in for a trial first? Did you do a trial class, or do you hop in right away? I- I came in through boot camp. Okay. So, what was it, a couple times a week, mm-hmm. there was boot camp. And, um, <laughs> and I told Mike, because Mike came in as the tribe. My husband came in for the six-week challenge, one of the challenges. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going up there. I We already have huge memberships. <laughs> I'm not going up there. I'm going to like it. We already have enough. Mm-hmm. So he's like, no, seriously, you have to go. I'm like, okay, fine. So I went for boot camp and collected another gym membership shortly thereafter. And this is the one that's stopped. So <laughs> Yeah, so let's so let's talk about your your history with fitness. You and I talked earlier, you tried Orange Theory, wasn't a fit for you, right? Title you liked, but we're looking for some diversity, it sounds like. Yep. Um, yeah, I did I was at title for probably four years or so and loved it. It was great therapy. Just needed something different. My hands were hurting. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So prior to all that, what were you, did you ever do like a Planet Fitness or just kind of try your own thing? What brought you to, because all three of those, right? Iron Oak, um, Title, and Orange Theory, it's all that group model. What do you like about the group yeah. model versus on your own? Well, so I played soccer my whole life and up through college. And after I quit playing soccer, I realized, oh, I should probably continue this fitness thing on my own. And that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I needed that group mentality and somebody, I needed to be like pushed by people that I frankly don't know and don't want to be embarrassed in front of. Because mm-hmm. I can work out with Mike in the basement or at the house and not push myself and not care that I'm not pushing myself in front of him. But if I have other people around me, then I'm like, oh, I got to keep up with her. I got to keep up with him. I got to do this. Um, so I need that like external accountability from a group. From a group. Yeah, and I think it's, yeah, it's definitely easier. Like if you see other people getting their asses kicked, you know, you're gonna <laughs> keep pushing harder for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, even before, yeah. even before I opened up Iron Oak, um, 
I went somewhere myself just because, you know, I needed the same push. It's tough to do it yeah. on your own. But, yeah, so to backtrack um, what Julie was saying here, her husband, Mike, came in. We, we were doing a – we ran some six-week challenges like everybody's seen at a lot of gyms. It's not uh, – for some reason, everybody thinks, like, someone – they're, like, a sole owner of six-week challenges. It's so weird because I'll call – like, we were, we're the only location, you know, that – of Iron Oak Fitness, and people would call in and be like, oh, I want to go to your Cleveland location. I'm like, well, we don't have one. <laughs> um, and so they just think if there's an ad for a six-week challenge, it must be all one gym. Um, but anyway, so every – for those of you who don't know, every you – know, whoever runs a six-week challenge that's on them and they can create that however they want. The reason people do it is because, you know, the human brain says, oh, I can handle six weeks. Um and so Mike came in and did a, a six-week challenge with us and stuck around as a member. And then that, that was like, what, 2000? I think that was, Mike came in like mid-2018, I think. And then yeah, I think you, so. you came in around, I think it was like later in the year, like maybe November, December, or something like that. Um, yeah. So talk about the workouts. What's your, you have a least favorite exercise? Other Is it burpees? That's what the go-to answer for most people. What else do you hate besides burpees? Oh, I hate running and everything that has to do with running. Yeah. Um, I, oh, wait, there's some, there's other stuff that I hate more. (laughs) More than burpees or more than running. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, burpees probably take the cake, but that's so cliche. I thought I hate something different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pick something. I'm, I'm basic. (laughs) <laughs> all right do you have a favorite exercise i really like like the push press and push jerk mm-hmm. um, the overhead stuff yeah the overhead stuff okay um do you prefer yeah. like heavier weights and um or do you like the lighter weights and more reps uh i like the heavier weights Usually, but especially for that stuff, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I just put 115 pounds over my head. Please. You're going to scare people away, Julie. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm really, 115 pounds. Oh my God. I'm going to get huge. <laughs> That's what all the women are thinking right now. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, no, no, I'm just teasing you. So, why don't you address that? Um, so, yeah, a lot of women that come in, um, you know, they see, they see weights. I, I don't know. It seems like a really old school thing to be stuck on. Like if you, if you're a woman and you lift weights, you're just going to get big. Um, and so what, I mean, do you feel like you got huge since you've been lifting weights? No, no. absolutely not. Yeah. You, you have to be, um, you really have to eat a lot of food, like an excess of calories and lift heavy all the time. And for a lot of women, you know, you take some kind of substance to get big. So, um, I mean, have you seen any women? We have some stronger women. We have some weaker women. But do you think anybody looks like a bodybuilder? No. No. Yeah. Um, no. So uh, you've actually, you know what, Julia? We're going to um, get cut off on this recording software that I'm messing around with. I apologize to all the okay. listeners. Um, I'm going to stop what I'm using right now and stay on the line. And I'll, I'll use a different software to pick up where we are right now. All right? Okay. All right. One second. Uh, so do you, what would you say um, if there's a female listening to this right now, 
what would you uh what advice would you have if they're considering say maybe somebody that's been stalking us online for a while we'll call them a lurker they've been lurking us um on uh instagram or, or facebook what would you and they're kind of hesitant to come in so what would you say to them i i would say take the leap um i was i was sort of intimidated by you know previously when you had the crossfit affiliation i was sort of intimidated by the crossfit whole thing yeah. because i'd had some bad experiences right and when i met you guys and i met people at like other members and, and stuff at the gym you were just so welcoming and awesome that and patient that it made me get more confident quicker than i think i would have anywhere else um so that was super helpful um and i don't think any of that has changed um you're always you know there to make sure we're safe and make sure that we're doing things correctly and if we have questions like i don't know how many times you have to tell me that like my form isn't quite right on this or that and i'm like dang it i know you told me that two days ago <laughs> um, <laughs> um and it's really empowering. Like walking up to a barbell or a set of dumbbells or a jump rope and being able to do that first rep and successfully and you're like, yeah. Um, and it just makes you want to keep going. So yeah, that's what I would say. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. What was I going to ask you? Uh, so... So you, when you, Julia mentioned that we did, um, she came in originally for a boot camp. We don't offer that anymore. So um, if you guys are going to reach out, just know it's not happening. Um, so we, all of our classes now are called IOF 360. Um, I just chose the name 360 because I was like, okay, full body 360. I don't know. Maybe that's a stupid name. I feel like I need to come up with a different name for that. You know what I mean? It's something that sounds like, like raw. What's that? You like, like it? it? All right. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. Because I want to, I want to do something. That, I don't know. I feel like, like when people are out talking, they're like, and you know, somebody comes up to you, and you're like, oh, what do you do for your workouts? And you're like, you say, like, well, oh, I do 360. <laughs> it just sounds stupid. <laughs> you know, like no, it needs to be raw. Like, <laughs> I, I feel better saying I put iron out than profit. Profit. Yeah. So where are we? Go ahead. For a variety of reasons. Uh, yeah. Go for it. I mean, I don't have to get into it here. <laughs> okay. Um, so do you, uh, so where we, we were across it then when you first came in, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. And then you eventually you transferred over to the CrossFit membership. Um, and then we, we unaffiliated, I think it was what, like earlier this year before the whole Greg Glassman racist remarks, George Floyd, all that stuff, and everybody else unaffiliating. Um, we, I did it simply yeah. because um, I love CrossFit. I think it's a great tool, so I'm not bashing CrossFit at all. Um, you know, but when CrossFit first started, it was for functional fitness. Um, you know, to do things that make you better in everyday life and to get you fit fast, right? Um, but then it became more competitive of a sport and people are snatching a gazillion pounds over their head and clean and jerks and deadlifting, you know, 
you know, weights that could probably, you know, injure a lot of people. And I thought it was cool, the competitive aspect of it. But when I looked, I, you know, I'm always trying to figure out ways to like improve the gym. And I stepped back and looked at what everybody cares most about. And it's not how much their weight they're pushing over their head. Yeah, it feels cool. Like you said, oh, you know, I can feel 115 pounds over my head. It's cool and it's fun, but is it safe long-term and is that the goal? And I think most people's goal is just they want to get in, get their asses kicked for an hour, go home, and when they look in the mirror, feel a little bit better about themselves. And for many of our members, maybe just offset the drinking habits, you know, or whatever it is. And, and you can do that in so many different ways other than doing the Olympic lifts that you see in CrossFit. So I, the other reason was that I needed it I needed to have something more inclusive. CrossFit advertised when it first came out. Now, for those of you who don't know, CrossFit's not a franchise. You pay, um, you pay three thousand dollars a year just to use their name, and as that three thousand dollars doesn't give you anything, they they give you the right to do whatever you want to do. So it just puts a word on your wall that attracts people or or unattracts people. Um, but I wanted something to be more inclusive, so that when people came in the door to try a class and everybody in the class is using a barbell and doing overhead squats and this new person comes in i'm like well you're not quite there yet uh let's have you do this instead i just excluded that person now they feel left out and nobody wants to feel like the odd man out you know so i wanted to have something where everybody could come in and day one they they can do whatever the rest of the class is doing now that doesn't mean we don't need to scale some stuff for certain people you know if they have shorter issues or whatever but for me that's why I wanted to get rid of CrossFit and just do, you know, work on creating our own brand. And that will probably, I'll keep tweaking that over time too. But what would you say, as far as an effective workout goes, I mean, what would you say, has it changed since we're not CrossFit anymore? No, I still feel like I'm stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we still do strength like, training. We still do conditioning. What's that? I said we still do strength training. We still do conditioning. We're just not doing certain, you know, lifts that are associated right. with CrossFit. Yeah, um, and I don't. I personally don't miss that. I still feel like I don't feel like it gets any easier because you just like if you were just do let's say the same workout or like you you assign the same workout once a week or something, which never yeah. happens. But if if on week one I might do something with ten pounds. And then it's really, really hard. And then week two, I might do, I feel like, oh, 10 pounds is too easy. So I just up it to 12 pounds or 15 pounds, you know? Right. It's still going to kick my butt, you right. know? Um, so yeah, I, I don't feel like. Go ahead. Sorry. I don't feel like I've gotten any, like, that, I, I, that the quality of the workouts or anything like that has changed at all. Okay. It's, it's still hella hard. Yeah, good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we had, so when we made that transition, as you know, we lost a couple people, you know, the majority of people stayed around. Yeah. A couple of people were really like, you know, CrossFit is my life. And I get that. It's cool. There's a competitive nature that we don't have now just being Iron Oak Fitness. But I think there was like some misconception that, uh, you know, CrossFit is harder. And I don't think that's really true because yeah. there's really no such thing as a hard workout. Like, you, you know, I can put together any workout I want. If you go slow it's not going to be hard, you know? So the faster right. you go, you, you determine what hard is, you know, we, we have had plenty of slow movers, you know, and they're the ones that end up, usually end up leaving. 
but it's what you put into it that makes it hard. You can always go heavier, you can always go faster, and if you're new, you can right. always go lighter or go slower, but there's really no such thing as a hard workout. CrossFit isn't more hard, it's just different, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so hopefully new people coming in can, can gather that from the experience itself. But uh, let's see. I think that pretty much... And the much, other thing with, yeah. with the workouts, even though they're not competitive, we I think the community that has been built there yeah. is, really, is really helpful. So, like, you know, we're still there to cheer you on. If you're the last one going, we're going to, we are going to get you over that finish line. You know what I mean? Yeah, we do have a um, supportive group for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you've made, you've made, you know, a handful of friends since being with us. Um, mm -hmm. What, do, what is that, you know, I guess how, so how does Iron Oak, you know, play a role in your life, you know, outside of the gym? I mean, do you feel like you're more active with the kids or maybe the friendships? I'm, I think, you know, you've gone out a couple of times with people from the gym. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is like a big extended family. We've had, you know, we've had different events where, you know, after gym hours or whatever, we've come together at the gym and, you know, celebrated, we've said goodbye, you know, things like that. And then just in general, you know, even my kids, well, my kids have been part of different events and things. People actually are, are really genuinely interested in, in learning more about about each other, which is awesome. Um, so I've had people at the house. We danced around and had some beers and, you know, gone to concerts and gone to hockey games. Um, so, yeah, it's been, um, it's been really great. I mean, a lot, a lot of people that I know and, you know, have grown up with and have been friends with for a long, long time, they choose to spend their money going out to dinner and the bar every Friday and Saturday night or weeknights or whatever works. And um, I choose to hang out with, <laughs> with you guys at the gym. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, you see each other, you know, pretty much every day. I think it's, you know, those yeah. relationships go pretty pretty quick instead of, like, you know, here and there thing. But um, You see me at my best at 5.15 a.m. <laughs> Well, hopefully I didn't hurt uh, Mike's feelings for inviting you on this podcast instead of him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so as I mentioned to Julie earlier, the whole point of doing this podcast, like I said, it's our first one. It's just to try to integrate our members and their stories, who they are, and talk about someone's surrounding areas. The plan is to you know, keep interviews with our members going and try to get some of the local businesses involved that are active in the community. Well, thank you so much for your time, Julie. And uh, for everybody listening, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully this recording doesn't sound too shitty since I didn't, <laughs> didn't get it set up as I wanted. But all right, Julie. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Rob. All right. Thank you. See you tomorrow. Take care. See you tomorrow. All right. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye.